future, talk radio will actually educate, inspire, and make you think. The future is now. Topics and music that affect your life from Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at ubnradio.com. She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Hi, welcome to Live, Love, Thrive Women's Empowerment Hour, brought to you by 360karma.com. We have two extraordinary ladies today. We're first going to be talking with Marianne Halpin, who is uh, ah, she's a photographer, a speaker, an actress, I mean, this woman has doesn't let grass grow under her. And uh, her work actually has been uh, shown on the Today Show, The View, in Life Magazine. She's amazing. And then after that, this uh, following the show, uh, following her is going to be Siddiqui Ray, who's also a soul photographer. And uh, you're going to find out what that means. And she has actually photographed such famous people as Nelson Mandela, uh, the Dalai Lama, the Kennedys. You're not going to want to miss that, so stay tuned for that later. First up, please give a warm welcome to Marianne Halpin. Hi, Marianne. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How are you? I know you're on your way to a... um, audition a callback yes yeah so yeah it's it's fairly been fun i i you know i took a leave of absence from from all the unions for 30 years and then i had we had a call and they said this manager said oh, to my husband who's a friend he said you know what would you like to go out on auditions i think oh no i don't want to go on auditions again yeah. and then i thought well you know why what the why heck? not and i'm having so much fun it's, it's sort of aligns with my goal of really inspiring women just to be yeah. on an adventure and, and I, I don't know your age, but you're so amazingly beautiful. I'm going to be 66. Wow. Wow. This, this is what 66 looks like. I mean, right. I mean, you know, takes a lot. people of are understanding more and more, or women are feeling more and more confident later in life, I think. Like, for instance, right. um, uh, at the Live, Love, Thrive conference, I actually had a panel mm-hmm. called Forever Young because right. there are oh, so many women that are just rocking it into 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Like, you know, it makes us feel like younger people feel like, oh my gosh, you know, um, life is, of, uh, you know, full and uh, beautiful uh, to the very end. I mean, we can be really making a difference and rocking the world, you know, till till our last days. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. And that's that's all, all been my photo projects is always to inspire women to embrace the bo- their body the way it is, to embrace who they are. Yeah. And, and so being in my 60s now, which has been so much fun. Yeah. I mean, really, truly. Life does just keep we, getting better and better, it does. doesn't it? And, 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 and thank God I um, have really good health and I've been working out you know, really hard to keep my body together, eating yeah. really well, and doing yep. all that it takes um, naturally to age gracefully. Yeah, it takes and, that, uh, doesn't it? And not depriving myself. You know, it's like a lot yeah. of my friends are oh, I can't eat that cake. I go, just bless it and eat it. Just stop, <laughs> with, stop with the I'm craziness. I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you, girl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really. Yeah, I you mean, can't stop living to to live, no. you know. And I think it's about conscious eating. It's about conscious yeah. living. And yeah, everything in balance. Right. Yeah. And just, and, and yeah. just giving back to the world. It's and, uh, you know, the first thing I knew about you when you were introduced to me was um, that you were a photographer. And I know you have the, all these incredible books about, um, you know, fearless living for women. And, and we're going to talk about that. Um, but I didn't know that you were also an actress and a speaker. That's, that's and, very new recently. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, wow, that's exciting. Very now, did new. you do acting when you were younger? 
I did. You I was. Did, I started then, as a model, as a teenager, then ah. an, then a uh, actress, singer, and a dancer. Oh. And I would sort of go. Sometime. And then you kind of put that on hold while you did the years of photography. And well, you know, I got to be thirty-five, and then I just. It was one of those things that I had an aha moment yeah. where it was really hard to be an actress at thirty-five. Yeah. Because yeah. you were you were really too yeah. old. Yeah. I mean, this is such a Hollywood conversation. A ho- it is. <laughs> and now I like like being old. And yeah. now I get out more. Yeah. Because my hair and because I'm active and baby boomers, they're they're real they're getting smart to market to baby boomers. Right, right. Well baby all... boomers are the hugest market, so yes. they have to market yes. to them. Yeah. So yeah. that's been really fun. And before then I it would just stress me out and so that's why I had some resistance to it, but I'm really right. cat. My husband now and I are having fun with it. Yeah, we did. probably because you're not attached to the outcome I'm, now. Well, right, most you, of the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when my husband and I've done a couple commercials, yeah. we did an almond breeze commercials where we we played calcium. We had calcium on our shirt. Yes, it was really. It was oh, so about, your husband Joe, uh-huh. right? So he's an actor too. Yes. So you do this together. <laughs> yes. How fun is that? It's really fun because oh we go gosh. in and we have this banter, you know, because they always put you on 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 camera and we, they say, oh. How long have you been married? And he goes, thirty-three years. And I go, yeah, I'm exhausted. <laughs> and so they all chuckle. And usually we get a callback, or because they, they think we're really funny and yeah. we're a real couple. Yeah. So I like your really... husband. He's got great energy. He, we talked about that. Yeah. He's he's a really special. He's, he's special. a gem, huh? and he's really a beautiful, yeah. talented singer. You know, I want to talk about uh, besides all your amazing photography and and your accomplishments with it, um, your journey to here. So. <laughs> Um, I know you started um, in Chicago. You were born there, but right. you weren't there long because at five years old you moved here, right? Right. Yes. But your but your story is so fascinating. So, you I mean, people wouldn't know unless you told them that you grew up. Uh, you were in an orphanage. I was I was born in an orphanage, yeah. and um, my parents tried so, to make so it. You were enough. adopted. I was yeah. adopted by parents that tried to have another child, right. and they couldn't. And, and the reason so, they tried was because they had had a, a, a Down syndrome child? Well, no, no. What happened was they oh. had a child. She couldn't get pregnant. They put him for adoption. And then when she, she got pregnant, found out that the baby was, was Down syndrome. Right. And she was born 10 days before me. Wow. So they knew that child wouldn't was told that she wouldn't walk or talk or, or, or uh, live past 15. Right. So they chose to put her in full-time care. Right. Wow. Which is so controversial and yeah. and very brave. And then I came up for adoption, and they went in to get me. And the nun was Catholic. You know, the the nun, the like the flying nun yeah. women, the Saint Vincent, yeah, DePaul women, uh, nuns. And they, she said, I I can't give you this child. It's because they thought, you know, I that was going to be this replacement child. And so my mother said. I got on my knees and I said, I will, I will take care of this child like she, she's my very own. And the nun said, I'm going to pray f- you know, for a few days and I will get back to you. Wow. She called her a few days ago, uh, later and said, I hope I'm right, but, but the message I got was for you to have this child. Oh, my gosh. Which is really wow. unbelievable. And yeah. it was the right. That story it makes was, me want to cry. I know. It makes me, yeah. <laughs> no, because they were amazing. But you were meant to be with them. Yes, they amazing w- parents. And, and then they had two children after me, which wow. was really brave. Wow. And so my brothers are, are, are really my brothers. So and they're now, so amazing. That story has a very interesting turn and ending in that, <laughs> that Down syndrome 
which sister basically of yours, right. um, ended up living uh, till fifty-four into, into 50, her fifties. Yeah, wow. And I met her uh, a few years before she passed away because she was in a nursing home in Chicago, and so she was always sort of hidden away because there was like a lot of shame in the fifties mm -hmm. back about that. About yeah. that, I mean, she Where was today. It's so different. It's very different yeah. today. But she was in a wonderful nursing home, and her roommate Donna was her soulmate. Really, I mean, she was just. The two of them, so when Donna passed away, you know, Mary Elizabeth passed away too. Oh, so, but I got to meet her and I wrote a real a short narrative about meeting her. It's called The Miracle Baby. And then I've got a story in, in, a, in a collective book about it too. Because I know you said they used to always call, your parents called you the Miracle Baby. Yes. And I just, but then you said you met her, your sister, the, the Down syndrome she was sister. She really the and, miracle. And you said she's yeah, really the miracle. Yeah, I really felt she was the miracle yeah. because everybody around her, she made people laugh just by going, you yeah. know, just by just doing yeah. little quirky things. No, they're special kids. They yeah. and, and I really, we had some experiences where I knew there was somebody in there. I yeah. really knew. Now, and how did you take that experience of adoption and being pulled <clears throat> from this orphanage and this wonderful story, but um, obviously probably, you know, you had to go through some work on, you know, even having been in the orphanage and being selected and you know, maybe leaving other kids behind. I don't know what someone goes through when they go through that experience, but how does that play out in the work that you do, the photography you do? I, m I imagine That's there really must be question. a real tie-in in how you healed from everything that. Everything that I've done has, you know, and I never have, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so in the moment, such a Sagittarian yeah. thing, yes. I think, yeah, is that I, I always say I do what's in front of me. It's like sometimes yeah. my projects are the cart before the horse. Yeah. And then halfway through, I go, oh, that's why I did a book about pregnant women. I can't get pregnant. Right. You know, right. You're not or even realizing it. Right. And yeah. I think the reason I, I, you know, waited so long to get pregnant, it goes along with being an orphan. I think there's so much mm -hmm. to be looked at with that, which is, I guess, could be interesting or not I don't know right. but I, I've done a lot of work so I've, did you have kids of your own no I never had oh. I could never now have that children. must be tied to that whole background it yeah. is I'm yeah. sure it is and so you know and I and I love children and I feel like the four books I did were my children right you know it just was such a labor oh of I love. definitely think like look at Oprah I definitely think there are people in the world that we're not meant to have children because their their gifts are giving back to the world and it takes up all their time and energy and talent. But th what their gifts are affect uh, children and other people. You yes. know, it's like, yes. you know, sometimes our gifts are our children is what I was trying to say. Right, and, yeah. and, and, and just to be able to be, like I have great niece, I have nieces and nephews and great nieces and yeah, great nephews and, yeah. and they are they're my all buddies great. and they're wonderful <laughs> yeah. and I photograph kids and you know yeah. at the end of the session I'm really happy to give them back. <laughs> <laughs> love children, love babies. Oh, lovely. Oh, they pooped. Oh, it's, here you go. <laughs> yeah, they are little blessings they uh, are. and they are a lot of work and uh, I'm really, I, you know, I guess we have say, a new grandchild in our family <gasps> oh, and uh, uh, so my partner great. Deborah and I, we just, uh, love him and uh boy you know kids just give you a whole new dimension to the world and such you know that that innocence that playfulness talk about being in the moment mm -hmm. boy they're really in the moment oh, right they sure are. Like, look at one thing and then they're in the moment for the next thing and yeah yeah of course those moments then they're on to the next thing the next thing yeah <laughs> but um Right. Yeah. So speaking of kids, you did this really cool project recently. You were mm -hmm. telling me 
you were uh, talking to a friend of yours uh, that was, you're like, what are you up to? And they said they're going to Peru. And you're like, what? Uh, your friend. Uh, Dr. Marcy Cole. Marcy Cole. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. She was, she, this is her second yeah. trip to this orphanage. And yeah. And so she told you she was going to this orphanage and uh, asked you to go. Well, she always wanted me to go because right. she knows of my background, and she has an organization called See Mama, Childless Mothers Ad Adopt. And um, I, I, lo I love. Wait the a minute, what is this? She has a, a. She has a nonprofit. So, so it's childless mothers who adopt children. Mm -hmm. Oh, fascinating! Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know of her. I want to have her on the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, she's she's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And. Uh, so, you know, and it's so funny because I'll, Marcy would even say this, that I, I'm very outspoken as Sagittarius are, and I said, I'm not child, childless, I'm not less. Yeah. And she, you know, we kind of had this little banter about it. She goes, oh, I just love that you're so honest, you know, and, and so, um, but I love the work that she does. And because and that, that pushes a button for me because when I did my Pregnant Goddesshood book, mm -hmm. one of the interviewers First, in, 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 in the newspaper, this article, when my book came out, it was like, childless photographer, Marianne Helper. Oh I'm like, really? Oh, my gosh. Now, was this uh, the one in Life magazine? No. Okay. No, that was that was different. This was the guy who was in, you know, like in syndicated newspapers and stuff. Right. And so it was like. So you're talking about, though, that uh, you were one of the first people to photograph uh, a pregnant woman. Pregnant women. And that's why. It was featured in Life magazine, I right? I think so. It was really It was before the Demi Moore thing, right? Well, it was right, right around that time. I started the project right yeah. around the time that Demi Moore came out. And right. that, I thought, was amazing. And now, I, when you say came out, you mean came out with her pregnant yeah, picture. Yeah, with her pregnant yeah. picture on <laughs> like, Vanity Fair. Not, yeah, yeah, Not to mislead anybody. A lot of people <laughs> thought, and when I was interviewed, they thought I I, I said, no, no, that's Annie Leibovitz. You know, that's yeah. not me. I wish I was. But right. Yeah, it's uh, one of my hero photographers. Um but I, I created that project because it was out of a figure study project. Mm -hmm. and, and so you have a whole book of pregnant women I do. photographs, right? Yes. What's the name of that? Pregnant Goddesshood, A Celebration of Life. Beautiful. I think Six, we have a... Uh, 65 women that are pregnant and celebrating and essays. Wow. So it's a, it's a coffee table book with phot photography, you know, portraits and essays of... Uh, their journey to motherhood. I love that. And uh, said so that was an extraordinary experience. It took me five years. Wow. Really and and a then lot of time. The, uh, and so back to Marcy, you she uh, convinced you to go to Peru. Yes. Right. And I, I thought and tell us about that I project. Yeah, it's fascinating. That, it was so, all working with kids, right? I know. Well, yeah. uh, with her, Marcy's goal was to raise money for Niños del Sol, which is this wonderful small orphanage in. Mm -hmm. um, in, in the Sacred Valley of Peru, mm -hmm. which is uh, only like about a couple hours from Machu Picchu. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful place. The children are amazing. They're from the ages of 8 to 20. So you all raised money to buy cameras for the children to take pictures. Well, we create what, right? of course, I say, well, why do when you can overdo? I'm not yeah. just going to go on a trip. I'm going to create a project. So right, I thought right. of a project called Oh, you are eyes. a Sag. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it, through the eyes of a child. Yeah. And I put out the word to have people donate cameras and also money to put to get, you know, m myself to to Peru to also raise money for the orphanage and we were able to give $4,000 to the orphanage before we left and um, 
also I'm so sure that I, that went a long way over there. Yeah, yeah. Well, they still need, and yeah. I'm putting together some root funding to. So what did you do? You, you brought these cameras. You distributed them. You took the kids to. Machu Picchu, uh, right, and, and gave them the cameras so a, that you could see a lot of other sacred sites. The photography from their perspective, right? Because our goal, and I did this with my friend Shannon. This is going to be a book. Well, we'll see. You know, yeah. I, I never yeah. know. Maybe I know. I've or, done or some, a show. Yeah, I've done some yeah. slideshow presentations to people mm -hmm. to show the children's work and to raise money, mm -hmm. and so. <coughs> Did you Eventually, find some talented photographers in oh the group? Oh my gosh, they're so good. Yeah. And the cameras oh, are just to see that. little point and shoot cameras. Yeah. And so um you know, they're not a high quality, but their their point of view is so amazing. Yeah. So we actually my friend Shanda Venu, who's a wonderful photographer, you know, I enrolled her in coming too, which was great cuz she's so good technically with everything and mm -hmm. so she came and and <coughs> what a blessing she was to have with me on this trip because she's younger, mm -hmm. she's really got a lot of energy, she was great mm -hmm. with the kids, and she came up with the idea, let's bring uh, journals also, mm -hmm. so the kids can journal about what they, you know, what their fears are, what they love, and so they, we had them pick a word, love, peace, um, or joy, yeah. and shoot from that point of view. Oh. And so, I don't what know. What did most of them pick? Love, uh, peace, or joy? Lo love. I figured. Love. Yeah. Yeah. And they were so filled with love, these kids. Oh, that's It was beautiful. just wonderful. So it was fun, and they took a lot of pictures of each other. I think the but joy with a different point of and view. the peace comes from love. Right. Don't it you all, think so? Yes. I do. I think love is what makes the world go round. Love is what brings peace. us peace. Love right. is what brings us joy. Mm -hmm. I mean, without love, you can't even hardly, you know, exist in this world. You know, you have to have love. All there is you is know? love. Yeah, that's it. Dun, 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 dun. Did you coin that? <laughs> <laughs> did you just make that up? I no. did. Yeah, <laughs> I wrote the song. <laughs> so, um, so that that so that is sort of an ongoing project. That after mm -hmm. the first of the year, I'm Shannon and I got to kind of regroup and get back on it because mm -hmm. we really want to go on to some other countries. And our um, my goal, you know, in my creative craziness mm -hmm. I, I see maybe exhibits uh, books yeah, I'd love um, to see an of the children's work yeah. and what uh, other we, countries do you want to go to well we're, we're thinking of going to Africa because mm -hmm. one of the um, this uh, one fellow that was on our trip Josh has a nonprofit where he helps funds orphanages so he has a place in Swaziland mm -hmm. that which I've never heard of but mm -hmm. um, to go and there's about 200 children to work mm -hmm. with and oh, so wow. that sounds yeah, awesome so that would be amazing to yeah. do and um so yeah so what we just and we wanted we want to do you know work with kids here too uh we were going to go to a camp this last summer but it never worked out that we like a camp for um kind of disadvantaged children teens mm -hmm. and we we're going to bring the more cameras and do that but oh uh, i'd love to see that so we're going to we're going to do that here because a lot of people say well why don't you go to you know places here and yeah why and not? so of course we do yeah. um it's just in, it's it's hard to uh anyway you know yeah. get everything funded and all that stuff so what is it that um what is it that leads you to choose the work you're going to do like i know you have all these books you've done the pregnant women Tell me about your other books. So the Three Fearless Women books came, and they're really all a reflection of my life. They kind yeah. of realized in hindsight that I'd go back and look, you know, the Fearless Women Midlife Portrait, which was the second book oh. and the first of the Fearless Women books. Uh -huh. That was about fearless aging. I love it. And so we had Joni Mitchell and Erin Brockovich, and everybody 
we had a picture that I did uh, on one side holding a sword. Yeah. And then on the other side was a picture of when they were young. Of each one of them. Of each one of them. Oh my and gosh, so they're I love 10 that. by 10 inch books. And, and where would people get this book? It's called Fearless Women and Fearless they look Women. it up on Amazon? Well, they can find them on Amazon, but they can just kind of Google them because mm -hmm. a lot of them are out of print. They can contact me for the latest one. And your website? Is MarianneHalpin.com. Right, of course. And I have a book. My latest book is for yes. you. I send it to you and oh Deborah. Oh, my gosh. I love and it. It's, and the, the second was Fearless Women, oh, Fearless Wisdom. Oh, your forward is by Marianne Morrissey. I love Mary her. Mary Morrissey, yes. Love yes, she's her. amazing. And oh, I see the cover has she, the sword on it. And, and Mary Morrissey yeah. talks about what the sword means. And she talks about the sword of truth. Yeah. Oh, what is and that? And so... Um, for us, it was it was really about sla for me it was like slashing through adversity and and I'm to the point right now where I want to lay down the sword. Yeah, I used to wear a sword necklace all the time. Yeah. I have a hard, I couldn't I was going to wear it today. I couldn't even get the latch on. I went. I'm not supposed to wear it. Right. Get so I think sword. it's I like that. yeah. I think that at some point we as women had to really raise our sword, really slash through adversity. And um, and embrace the sword as the sort of truth, as right. our own truth. Right. And I think now it's like somebody was saying, talking about the feminine and how really we we need to really be so fully engaged in our our the strength of our, of our fem femininity. Did you see the uh, cover of Time? Oh my gosh! The I person of the it. year are the women who've come forward in the oh. sexual harassment. Oh my gosh! Suits. I love it. Yes, that's fantastic. We love Time Magazine. They don't need a sword. They're my hero. They have an inner sword. Yeah, <laughs> and that's true. I like your uh, analogy of laying down the sword mm -hmm. and just becoming um, fearless, as your book says, uh, without the sword. Yeah, you know, but. Fearless Stronger and love more. Stronger together, mm -hmm. women like coming together, coming all together. women of all ethnicities, religions, right. uh, you know. And um, I love that um, the men are getting behind it. Yes. Now, the right men, uh, you know, not the ones we're taking down, but the, the, mm. the look at the, I always say, look at the Women's March, you know, oh, so many men so were amazing. there supporting. Um, I, I couldn't stop crying yeah. through the whole thing. I'm taking pictures and I was crying through the whole And my the Live Love March. Thrive uh, Women's Conference uh, for Empowerment uh, is supported by men. I have ma male sponsors like uh, Carl Knoll from mm. um, Living Trust Express and also um, Joe Schuster of uh, Honda of downtown L.A. Uh, this is guys getting behind a women's empowerment conference. How cool is that? That is so cool. Yeah. And that's that's being very smart too. Because yeah. I mean, we really we're 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 a we're a force. Yeah. We're a force of love and we're a force of power and and um, of and humanity. Mo yeah, most men recognize that. Mm -hmm. um, some you know, obviously some men uh, don't respect that, and that's what we've got to eliminate that's from fear. our society. That's fear. That's fear. Yeah. And, and so that. when I see that in men, I I really consciously find something to love about them. Yeah. Because I I know that it's not about me. Right. And there's something, and I feel bad for men sometimes because we grew up with. I need somebody to rescue me and take care of me. Oh no, I'm independent. I'm burning my bra. Oh no, you know. And so yeah. they're like, "Well, what?" Like my husband's like, "Well, what do you want me to do?" Yeah. You know? Yeah. So 
they are going through their own epiphanies, I think, right. and trying to find their own power. Yeah, how do I respect, how do I empower yes. the women in my life, whether it's my wife, my daughter, my sister, my friend. Right. Yeah. yeah, it is. But the culture is changing, and beautiful things are happening in this I arena think right now. I think it's an amazing yeah. time. And this, this is why I did the last book, which is The Fearless Woman, Visions mm -hmm. of a New World, because it's like the Dalai Lama said, the world will be changed by the Western women. That's right. And so that's what's what the impetus for this book. And I really believe that we are in, I, I, out of the darkness comes the light. I believe that. And I really, and that's why I did it white on white. We have white a lot to look forward to. We do. Well, thank you for doing the Fearless Women books. Um, I hope people pick up this beautiful photography mm -hmm. that you keep doing wonderful things thank as well you. as speaking and acting and, you know. Whatever and, comes no, my no way. No grass that's grows really under our sadges, right? No, that's right. <laughs> thank you for being on the show, oh, Marianne. Thank you. This and, was wonderful. Um, and I love what you're doing. You're thank amazing. You. Thank you're you. You're fearless. <laughs> we're, we're fearless. That's right, girl. Thank you so much. And we will be right back with Siddiqui Ray. Stay tuned. Thank you for tuning in to the Live, Love, Thrive show, where we bring you powerful and positive programming about women and those who support women's empowerment. It seems by sharing their stories and showing us their talent and potential, they remind us of our own. We ask you to join us weekly by taking a minute to subscribe to our 360 Karma YouTube channel so you get to see every episode of these uplifting and inspiring stories. We all need more of this, yes? And did you know we have the Live Love Thrive book on our 360 Karma website and on Amazon? If you enjoy reading books of incredible women who are doing amazing work in the world, you will want to pick up a copy. Also, when you join 360karma.com, you will enjoy our growing video content of expert advice and support and learn about our workshops. If you would like to align with a like-minded, purpose-driven community, you will feel at home at 360karma.com. We encourage and support you to live the life you love. RTB Financial Group empowers women to raise the bar and take control of their financial future. For more information, visit rtbfinancialgroup.com or call Amanda Barr at 424-284-4216. The Live Love Thrive program is brought to you in part by Honda of downtown Los Angeles, supporting the equality and empowerment of women. With Siddiqui Ray. Hi, Siddiqui. How are you? I'm amazing. How are you, Catherine? I'm good. I'm good. You are such a fascinating person with such an interesting story. Um, <laughs> starting with the name, right? Yeah, yeah starting with the right? name. Starting with yeah, the name. Yeah, I guess, gosh, that would probably be the first thing I should ask you is uh, how did you get your name? Okay, yeah. well, I had two parents from Berkeley, California that were hippies in the yeah. 70s, even though my mom says that she wasn't really a hippie. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that makes their own bread and, you know, peanut butter from the... And takes you to a psychic Yeah, and takes me to a psychic and, and all that. Yeah, that's we'll, like, that's we'll get hippie. into that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Siddiqui means the friend that tells the truth or the oh. friend that upholds the truth. Oh, at least it's like a really positive thing. Yeah, at least it I means something, that. right? I yeah, love that. It's not just freaky It took me a Siddiqui. while to it's get your name. <laughs> Am I the only one? No, no, no. no. I always I'm know sure telemarketers because they're right? like, is this a Quachi or a Sadiji? And I'm like, and <laughs> hang up. <laughs> I'm so glad I got it. Uh, but no, it's a beautiful name and it's nice to have a, a different name. You know, yeah. you're not just Mary or Sue. or Yeah, you know, Susie Malin, Beth Ann Jones. Right. Makes you special. Special. Um, 
But uh, I know a lot of people, you know, you do so many different things. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people on my show, because amazing women tend to be involved in so many different things. So mm -hmm. I'm going to try to touch on all the different things that you do. Um, and and where you got to where you're going. So I know you you started by saying your parents were hippies. And I know you grew up in New York, right? New York, yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. And so what was it like there? Because you said you grew up in a predominant, like you all were like Christians, but you were like in a predominantly Jewish neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. what was that like? Like, were you accepted or how, you know, what was that like? Well, you know, nobody sat down and really tell me about what the Jewish holidays were and the difference between a bat mitzvah and a bar mitzvah and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just right. like, I'm just missing out. Like yeah. our plain, boring Christian background, yeah. is it, it didn't seem as fun or as cool. And, you know, the thing, the thing, at the risk of sounding racist, this is not, this is just what happened. When the Jewish girls turned 16 in yeah. my neighborhood, they all got plastic surgery oh. before their bat mitzvah. It was like, do you want boobs or do you want nose? Really? Yes. Oh my gosh. And so I I was just like, I want to be that. <laughs> like, yeah. what do I get when I'm 16? Right, <laughs> Nothing. Right. Um, but my dad was a you got some baked bread. Or <laughs> right, I got, to, I got the fake bread with the peanut butter from the co-op. Um, but I was just... Yeah. mesmerized and really interested at this culture that I grew up in that was right. very upper middle class and my dad's a plastic surgeon and but weren't you, both yeah. your parents doctors they were my right. mom's OBGYN nurse wow. practitioner so so yeah. you you grew up in what you called like a, a wealthy family yeah and and yet they were like hippies yeah like, eating at the co-op right and and then but they realized that you had a gift of being psychic yes and so they they instead of you were sharing with me, like, instead of going to summer camp with the other kids. Bible camp. They or... were taking you to this famous um, uh, guy who was known for. Edgar Casey. Edgar yeah. Casey for, um, like, helping to research uh, and, and, I guess, teach people about. Yeah, it was the, the ARE, the Association for Research and Enlightenment. Wow. And, and how old were you when you went I there? I was in fourth grade, so oh however gosh. old that is. But, like, literally everybody else is off at Bible camp or the YMCA or Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts or whatever. And we are learning to meditate in pyramids and, like, telecommunicate with the dolphins. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but now, as weird as that was, do you find later in life that you appreciate Absolutely. That? Yeah, because absolutely. Because now you use, you use those gifts in everything that you do, which we're going to talk about. Yeah. So I could see that as odd as you felt then, you maybe it lent itself to what you were meant to be doing here. Right. And, you know, at the time it didn't feel odd. It was just like people just didn't believe me. They were like, you did what? You did where <laughs> what? You did dolphins? Um, yeah. And what I realize now is that a lot of people go through great lengths to hone their psychic skills or their yeah. vision, or they, they don't even know what it is. They don't know how yeah. to approach it. And how lucky was I that my parents meditated, right. that they had, like, gurus, that yeah. they taught me how to journal my dreams. Yeah, that sounds that, like an interesting childhood. Yeah, yeah. Now, your parents, who I know ended up divorcing, and we'll mm -hmm. talk about why and how that, and, and, you know, what that was about, but... They recognized in you that you had this gift? Well, they did. It's this weird juxtaposition. My mom was just here for my birthday, and yeah. she was telling the group at my birthday party about how I exaggerated when I was a little kid. But it wasn't exaggeration. It was like I saw this whole alternative world that I lived in that I wow. communicated with that I'm actually writing in my book about oh. 
all these different voices and all these different things. And who's to say with little kids what's real, what's not? Right. But it was very real to me. Right. To the point that they finally sent me to a psychiatrist to evaluate, like, yeah, you know, like how off the chart is she? And um, they decided not to call them lies, but to kind of try to rein it in so that I would be quote unquote normal. And that really, really ended up backfiring, but we didn't know how much it backfired until years later. Now, wait a second. So this happened before or after you went to see Casey? After, during. After, it was like, it, okay. that's the weird contrast but did, of it. Did you like say things that would oh, yeah. happen? Yeah. Yeah, so, so I would know what my parents were thinking, and I'd be like, Dad, why are you going to see that woman later tonight? And I'd be like, er, you know, like, yeah. what? How does she know that? Oh, my god! And it was like I would know where missing things were, and I knew about conversations that I didn't really know about. Right. And that was the kind of stuff that got me in trouble. Okay. So uh, your parents ended up divorcing mm -hmm. uh, because your mom went very Christian. Yeah, she became a minister. And But your dad was really into... He was the really mystical, right. into the Sufism, into all this alternative mm -hmm. stuff. And, and your mom actually, as she became more religious, thought that those were things of like... Dark. Dark, the devil evil, or, the devil, yeah. whatever, whatever you would call it. But she... I, why do people think... Uh, if they're Christian, why do they think psychic abilities are, are dark? Oh, because you evil? can't explain it. Anything oh. you can't quantify and explain mm. becomes the unknown, becomes scary, becomes. No, you see, know. I'm a spiritual person. I believe in a higher power, but I do think people have this gift. And yeah. if it's a God given gift, then it's yeah. from God. It's a God given gift, yeah. right? It's, yeah. Well, I call it the intuition muscle. I feel like sure. it's a cat. We, we're cats with whiskers, and if you mm -hmm. shave off the cat's whiskers, it bumps around. Yeah. Like, if you stopped listening to the intuition. There's an analogy. <laughs> right? If you stopped listening to the intuition, you wouldn't go right when you're supposed to go left, and you'd go right into the fires that are happening right I'm now in L.A. I'm a huge believer in intuition. Yeah. I say, listen to your insides. They never steer you wrong. Exactly. But so many people ignore it. Because um, they're afraid of it. Right. And then there are people who can really hone that gift to, uh, you know, a bigger degree. I don't think, I think we all have a differing, differing uh, degrees of intuition, right? Absolutely. Right. Right. Like I'm sitting here right now thinking, I wonder if she knows what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> do you really want to know the answer to that? But uh, that's what I always think when I meet people who say they have like psychic intuition. Right. It's like, and that's I, part of the fear is like, oh my God, are you going to see something in me? Yeah. That I don't I think want that's you normal to see. That, that I don't feel want you that to, way. Yeah. 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 But yeah. you you take it st one step further. So here couple you steps are. further. Yeah. But you're a photographer. You have photographed some of the most famous people in the world, mm -hmm. the Dalai Lama, Nelson Mandela, the Kennedys, um, and you do something called soul photography, which I'd love you to explain to people. And then that soul photography, is that something that you did with, uh, it, it's a result of meeting with the Dalai Lama? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, tell me about that. That's really interesting. Well, I had photographed the Dolly, the Dolly, yeah. many times in many different places, and oh, it first was name basis. First name basis. Hello, Dolly. Um, <laughs> actually, well, that's another that a story, Broadway show, right? <laughs> right. What a great show name. Um, on my, I don't know, twelfth time photographing him, I was with the whole Kennedy family, and he was touring the grave sites of the Kennedys and like blessing them, and he just looked at me the way he always did, which was with this bit of a um, mischievous grin and mm -hmm. a little giggle because he's very funny mm -hmm. and then he gets really stern mm -hmm. and just really serious and he looked at me and in that moment 
I just knew that he saw down to the very marrow of my being. Wow. Which is, to this day, it brings me to tears because it was such a humbling thing. Yeah. I was used to hiding behind the camera. I was used to seeing everybody so acutely, right. so masterfully. But he saw And then right to just you. see right through me. And then, on top of it, that, to feel loved. Yeah. Like, to feel known and to feel loved. Right. And I realized that that is honestly what I believe that we all crave. Like, yeah. when you say, can you read my thoughts, I think... What if I could? Right. I would still know you and I would still love you and I would right. still appreciate and respect you. Right. And that's Maybe what he more. gave to me. Maybe even more, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's what he gave to me in that moment of like transmission. Yeah, your friend, uh, our mutual friend Jeffrey Van Dyke Jeffrey. has always said that to me that, uh, you know, people want to be seen and heard and mm -hmm. that's kind of you know everybody has their gift I feel like that's uh, something I'm meant to be doing is helping people be seen and heard with my show or my conference or yeah. workshops or whatever you're meant for people to be seen and heard through your photography right yeah, yeah. so soul photography it came out of meeting the Dalai Lama and yeah I mean I've and, photographed and him 15 times but what it is yeah. is I really feel like in that moment I got this transmission mm -hmm. and the transmission is like a, a transference of energy this yeah. knowingness it was a spiritual awakening if you will yeah. right and all of a sudden I had this knowing that I could photograph people's souls speaking of Jeffrey Van Dyke who's yeah. been my best friend for 25 years yeah I called him up and I'm like oh my God, I can do soul portraits. And he's like, great, I'll fly down to LA and you'll do mine. And yeah. I remember the first moment that he's in front of the camera and I was seeing what I see. And he's like, you're supposed to be channeling my soul right now. And I'm like, I am. And he's like, I'm channeling it through the camera. And he's like, no, you're supposed to be telling me what you see. And I was like, I can't channel on command like 1-800-DIAL-A-PSYCHIC. And he's like, he looked at me very sternly and he's like, I'm getting you can. And in that moment, I started literally telling him the visions that I get. It's almost like I can see the fiber, the DNA of your soul. And I'm just pulling down a strand and I'm describing to you what I see, this, es this essence, this essential quality of who you are as a being, unique to you, unique only to you. And, when and his, his face just totally changed Wow! from this mask of perfection and confidence to just melting and then he cried. And in the 20 years at that time that I had known him, I had never seen him cry. And at that moment, I waited for him to clear the tears and click. And that was the first soul portrait. And it's just this really authentic, genuine, magnetic image wow, of I who he really that. is. Yeah. 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 You can see him on my website. The befores and the afters of like really good headshot, soul portrait. Wow. Mm -hmm. So um, it's at Siddiqui Ray? Siddiqui Soul Ray, S-I-D-D-I-Q-I-S-O-U-L-R-A-Y.com. Right. And I know we have it on the screen, too. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so you can actually see, like, the regular head shot and then the soul shot. Yeah. yeah. And people become illuminated. I call it luminosity. Yeah. They become... It's like you're turning on a light switch when you call someone out and you're like, yeah. this is who you really are behind right. the personality, behind the ego. Behind, you know, that facade of whatever you think it is to be acceptable yeah. in society, like we're switching on that light switch so right. that you get in touch and you uh, get in alignment. It's like right. a guitar, like tuning a guitar. You're tuning yourself to that frequency, that energy yeah. of soul. And I know that sounds really woo-woo and out there, but actually it's very practical. A lot of people will uh, identify with that uh, along kind of the same lines, but not exactly uh, my partner and I just got engaged. I know, yeah, yeah, thank yay. you. And I feel like uh, there were photographs that literally caught the joy. Yeah. So I, I do think that you can photograph someone's 
uh, illuminating love and joy. Exactly. So yeah, and that's I what get and it. that's what people really connect with when yeah. they look at your image on Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram or wherever. Yeah. Your dating app. Yeah. What they're looking at is, can they really connect with you? And we right. actually scientifically know that there's a piece right. of the brain called the amygdala. It's like a little almond that is the instant animalistic association in the brain of safe, not safe. And I know that yeah. we metabolize so many images a day. Scientific studies say over 4 million images a day. We're just wow. seeing them and reading them. We are experts at reading people's faces. Right. And when you see that image, in less than a 20th of a second, that's what science you says. Know if you connect. You know. Yes, no, safe, not safe. But and people don't always listen to that. They don't, well, they don't listen to their intuition, and that's right. a much bigger that's issue of like, nother, why don't we listen to our intuition? Oprah. Right? Yeah. That's a whole nother Oprah. That's yeah. a whole nother Catherine Gray. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. Yeah. If you look at someone's image and you're like, oh, there's something about her I like. Yeah. Maybe yes. it's her glasses. Maybe it's that cool necklace she's yeah. wearing. Yeah. Or maybe it's something deeper. Right. And you put that Exuded out into the energy. world. You exude that energy. Mm -hmm. Then you're like really magnetizing to you everything that you want rather than that. false advertising. I believe that. Which it's is just that like fake so many smile. people will um, take that headshot and it's just so staid. So I love the work that you're doing because yeah. wouldn't people rather be. Um, their soul portrait as mm -hmm. opposed to just a, a, a fake smile headshot. Right. So it's really cool what you're doing. Thank you. Um, because the Time Magazine came out today about oh, uh, the on the cover, the mm -hmm. women heroes mm -hmm. that have stepped forward Ooh. in these sexual harassment uh, suits, I want to talk about what an incredible thing you did in yeah. that arena. Yeah. You, at one point when you were working with the Kennedys and you were in D.C. working at Mayo Clinic, mm -hmm. the famous Mayo Clinic, you were one of the first women to really step out and uh, do a lawsuit against some yeah. sexual harassment yeah. that was happening to you yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, And good for you. Thank you. Good for you. So yeah. let's talk about that. What was happening? What did you do? What mm -hmm. was the outcome? Well, yeah. first of all, I can thank my mom. She's like really into social justice and she really instilled in me that sense of um, right. And then you take the name Siddiqui and it's like about righteousness, yeah. and, which isn't like a bandwagon or like an, it's not from an angry place, but really what was happening was I was the f first female photographer there. I was a mm -hmm. freelancer. There was three men that were very established. They had been at Mayo Clinic for a very long time. Mayo Clinic is an awesome place. Yeah, They're rated Forbes top 100 places to work. Mm -hmm. And yet, and yet, and yet, what I was experiencing was these men that were very competitive, very jealous. They were doing things like moving my office out into the hall um, locking the, way, the equipment so we, I couldn't get at it and that was just the start of like the hazing phase. And we forgot to mention that by then you had come out so they knew yeah. you were gay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I come you out. Were, I was married. I'd been married on the steps married. of San Francisco. I was on the front of Time Magazine. I was on the front. What? Yes, of Life Magazine, the oh year in gosh. photos. Like I was the lesbian poster child so oh, I uh, wasn't trying to hide it. I was, came out in San Francisco yeah, like yeah. in 2002 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like we oh were on the gosh. steps of City Hall and all of a sudden all these photographers came out and I was in my wife's arms and I threw my head back like ha 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 and it ended up being like the quintessential image from that era. If you go oh my Google gosh, my name you'll see. Know that. Yeah. And that was at the time I was making I Can't Marry 
Marry You, right. the <laughs> film about gay marriage with Ellen DeGeneres' right. mom, Betty. So Love you Betty. and I were both I involved yeah, in that. Yeah, photographed Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Radical so movement. So here yeah. I am in Rochester, Minnesota, which yeah. by its own rights is very conservative. Right. And I have these men that are very threatened by me. And so it started oh, this with this. Oh, this was in Minnesota, not Min D.C. Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. Don't you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, when I look at those women and I think about the men behind it, I don't think that men actually are like, I'm going to harass her now or I'm going to I'm going to do this to her now. They're just reacting to a fear of I, what I believe was my power, mm -hmm. my presence, my talent, my exuberance. Like, mm -hmm. obviously, I could be too much in a situation like that. I'm not saying I brought it on myself, but what I am saying is that their attempts to put me in my place as a woman and say, you're just a girl, what do you know about photography? Or right. why don't you go with your broke back mountain friends and like go somewhere else? That's what they would say? Yes. Oh my God. And, and, and you and know, I kept track of it because I had a person in my life that was a lawyer and she's like, you gotta document it. You, and I would go to management and I would be like, my stuff is in the hallway. I couldn't do the job. I couldn't get my camera. I had to right. do it with the iPhone. And they'd be like, well, we'll write it down. It sounds like they were threatened by you. Yeah. Oh. They, they get threatened yeah. by powerful women. Instead yeah. of embracing it and, and working with them, which, you know, hopefully that we're in the process of changing right, that. But right. you know what? It's people like you stepping forward that mm -hmm. is helping to change it. And you were, this was back in 2007. Seven. Seven. Yeah. yeah. And, no, you know, girl. this is what I call a visibility wound. It's like, why do we not want to be seen authentically? Because it sets us up to be criticized. It sets right. us up for people to see us and maybe take advantage of us or right. whatever. And why do people hide out in the closet? Because it's safer there to some extent. You know, and they think that. That we think that. It's yeah, our perception. And I, you know, I was with somebody who used to be in the closet, and now they're out. And, you know, that authenticity is what brings people true joy and happiness oh yeah so anybody who's trying to make somebody stay in that closet and not be themselves you know that's not a loving thing to do to yourself first and foremost to yourself yeah and to the people in your life family members or whatever um yeah it's something you've got to let people be their authentic self in order to be happy and to be who they genuinely are in the world is the only way to tap into that happiness yeah, yeah, and even when I was working for the Kennedys, I was out as gay, and I always felt like I'm not shoving this in people's faces. I'm not You're just on being it. Who you are? I'm just being who I am, yeah. and and sometimes because what my grandmother says is, "Are you a lipstick lesbian?" <laughs> 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 you know, because I'm pretty, and because people don't know how to read me. Am I gay? Am I straight? Am and I they have to always put a, uh, title a label on it. A label because they it. feel safer. Yeah. Um, I feel like when we are just who we are, all of it, like the bigness yeah. of it and the difference of it, that we allow other people to be the same. Yeah. And it's really an invitation into that greater visibility that mm -hmm. is very vulnerable. It feels very vulnerable, but it's actually, I believe it's safer. Mm -hmm. I believe it's safer because you know, you you're know. You're standing in your truth. You're standing in your truth mm -hmm. and you're inviting people into that same place with you. Right. So what was the outcome of that? You reported it. It fell on deaf ears. I reported it. Fell on deaf ears. But then I amped up the volume. I, yeah. I started feeling physically ill. I started getting migraines. I had stomach issues. Like it started wow. to physically manifest. And it as does if you tension. allow people yeah, to, absolutely. to do that to you. Um, so I reported it to HR and we escalated it from there. And finally, um, two of those men got let go. God bless wow. them. Um, or they retired. Yeah. And... 
I mean, even now as I talk about this, I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to offend anybody because there's always two sides of the story, but this was mine. Yeah. And I really had a sit down. And, and this with, is a whole thing. We, that's uh, a whole also thing. too, we tell ourselves some story. Am I doing something wrong? Is there something I could have done better? You know, we put it on ourselves. Should but, I maybe put I a mean, damper on it? Should I pull myself back? Should I rein you know myself what? in? If you think about it, uh, they were moving your stuff out in the hall. You couldn't yeah, do your job. Crazy. You reported it. Nobody was doing anything mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. You had every right to take it to the next level. And good for you. Yeah. And you won. Yeah, I won. Yeah. I mean, whatever winning is, I yeah. alienated a lot of people. A lot of people thought I was the B-I-T-C-H, you yeah. know, in this situation. As you, uh, as has always been the label for women that stand up. Absolutely. Which, is key, which keeps so many women from not coming forward. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, it keeps yeah. them in fear. That's why I wear, like, my special boots when I really need to rock it. Um, <laughs> I got these silver boots on. You can't see them now. But, um to just from the feet, from the ground level up, build myself from a place that I love myself, I respect myself, right. I am who I am. Stand in your and confidence. And I'm standing in that and I'm inviting other people to do the same. And hopefully it inspires other people. Yeah. You know, to stand up for what's right for them. Not yeah. from a place of anger, but from a place of this is just what's right. Well, not only that, from a place of love. Why don't yeah. we all step into the workforce mm -hmm. or wherever, wherever mm -hmm. we are, with respect and love for all genders, yeah. all people, yeah. all ethnicities, wouldn't the world just be a better place if everybody just walked out their if door only, every day? If only, yeah. And, yeah. and it's free. Yeah. It's free and it's easy to respect and love the people we encounter every day. Why people can't find that in themselves, I never understood. It's so much harder to hate people. It's so much takes so much of your energy to so much be energy. rude or disrespectful to people. Mm -hmm. uh, the other is so easy and feels so good, brings joy, gives joy. I mm -hmm. mean, you know, that's why we need more women in positions of influence. Absolutely, we do bring a absolutely. Sensitivity to the table that helps keep balance in the world, and yes. so. Hopefully that's where we're headed. So happy about that Time Magazine. Uh, I know. You know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And God bless the men because I respect those men that were in that position and that they were doing the best that they could. And I'm hoping that our whole society opens their eyes to mm -hmm. a new kind of paradigm of power where the men aren't trying to overpower the women. The women aren't trying to take the men's positions. Right. And we're just all just standing in the truth other. of who we are. That's and it. speaking that from a place of love and kindness and yeah. mutual respect, really. And I want to talk about, uh, as we just wrap up, that you are a coach. And you yeah. help people. Yeah. Um, a visual. Visibility coach. Visibility so I'm helping coach. them move and through those wounds that keep them from right. wanting to live full out, to live yeah. their biggest joys, because we all have these dampers, these subconscious subliminal messages about, right. I can't put myself out there because my dad will see it, my mom will see it, someone will judge me, someone will harass me because of what happened in the past. And people aren't making the money that they want to make. They're not in the relationships they want to be in. They're not really having the success that they could have right. because on some level... They're trying to play it safe, but it's not safe. Right. It's not safe not so you, living full out. You help people to look at their wounds, mm -hmm. live life full on. Yeah. 
and you do the soul photography. And to step into the spotlight well. so they, they can see their ultimate potential and, and live into that. See the beauty of themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I know. I know you're next. You're next for Soul Portrait. <laughs> you, and, you and your beloved. I love that. Yeah. Well, keep doing this amazing work. I will. Thank and, you. Uh, and you too. Thank you for being on today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, we'll be back next week with more extraordinary women. Uh, stay tuned and make it a great week. Hugs and happiness. Thank you.